Hi gorgeous, this is episode number 211 and we have the amazing Dan Cushell back on the show. Hi, this is Dan Cushell and you're listening to Heart Cells podcast with Christine Schlonsky. Enjoy. I'm so excited to have another conversation with Dan Cushell. He is a serial entrepreneur, an angel investor, a dad and a husband. He wears all of these hats. He grew up in the inner city of Detroit and what he did was he failed and he had success. And he is now a requested expert of experts like Joe Polish, Dan Graziosi, Janet Atwood, Daniel Marcus, and many, many more. Dan has bought and sold multiple companies. He has built over 11 companies to multiple seven and eight figures. He has helped over 200,000 clients, coached over 5,000 business owners to connect the dots, see the blind spots, get unstuck, and he helped them to implement unique sales and marketing systems so they could get more clients, grow faster, have better profits and a bigger impact reach and contribution. So I'm so super pumped to have him back on the show because today we are going to talk about play the long-term game for big breakthroughs. And I'm sure you will love this. So hopefully you're ready with a pen and a piece of paper to take notes. Have fun and enjoy this episode. Well, I'm so excited to have you back on the show, Dan. Welcome. Thank you, Christine. It's awesome to be with you. Yeah, I loved our first interview and you delivered so much value. And I just want to point out that you worked with so many entrepreneurs globally, but also with some really, really big influencers like Joe Polish, uh, Dan Graziosi, uh, Janet Edward. So there's so much knowledge that you took from creating companies yourself over 11 and helping all of these amazing people on the market. So I feel like this success story is such a wonderful inspirational story for people to tune in, to connect with you. All your links are in the show notes. You brought an amazing, amazing gift that I already got wonderful feedback on the activate.breakthrough3x.com where you have different checklists to choose from. And uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But right now, I would love to know when you started, what was the very, very first thing that you have ever sold in your life? Well, the very first thing I sold in my life, I think was uh, when I was like 10 years old, we had to do candy bar sales uh, <laughs> to raise money for our sports teams. And so I would go, I, I grew up in the inner city of Detroit. And I would go and go to a grocery store in the area called Farmer Jack's. And we set up a stand and I would basically go out there and try to make sales to get candy bar sales so we could raise money so we could afford uniforms, we could get equipment, all these different sorts of things. And so uh, that's one of the first things that I remembered. And then the second thing I remember was I was uh, brought in as a partner, I guess you'd say, with a friend of mine named Mike on a paper route. So back then the paper routes were different. So you had to generate business and all these different things and then serve people in the community. And uh, so those, those were the two that stand out first and the most as far as the things that I had sold. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So how did you feel when you had your first selling experience? Because you mentioned that you were shy and asking for money wasn't that easy. 
how how did you feel when you actually had your first candy for money experience? Well, tr truth be told, uh, I felt like a duck out of water. I felt out of place. I felt uncomfortable. I felt self-conscious. Uh, being an inner city kid, I, I mean, my family, we grew up on welfare at times. And so I was not comfortable in my skin. And so for me to go to somebody and ask them for money because we didn't have a lot, there was a burden to that at the time. And I had to unlearn that later in my career. But had I not experienced what it was like then to understand what a lot of people go through, I think it's made me better to serve our clients, serve you know teams and, and so on today because of starting at that place, being so uncomfortable and feeling so out of place uh, and not fitting in, right? I looked at most people compared to me at that time as a kid is like everybody was more wealthy than our family. So, you know, again, it felt more of a burden, not like I was serving. And, you know, again, having to unlearn that false belief system uh, is, a, I think, a critical skill that, you know, some people don't ever figure out. They don't understand. I, I think a lot of people, Christine, don't realize the chains or the handcuffs that we may have that have nothing to do with our product, have nothing to do with our service. It has more to do with our mindset and our belief system. And, uh, yeah, that's why in our programs we spend a lot of time and why in interviews like this, I spend a lot of time talking about like getting tuned in. What is your belief system, right? What is, what are some of the traps that you may not even be aware of that are holding me? There's a great question to ask, like if real simple mentoring question or coaching question, like where are you now? Where do you want to go? What, you know, and get clarity, write that out, right? Next. Um, what do you need the most help with today? Like, what's the one thing that you need the most help with today? You answer those two things, then answer this. What's getting in the way of you being able to accomplish those things? And then I'd encourage you, like Christine just did, ask, think back to your childhood and start thinking, like, what, what are some of the things that possibly could be part of those handcuffs? I have done a lot of work over the years, Christine, on helping get rid of those handcuffs, get rid of these false beliefs to get better at it every day. I wouldn't even say I've perfected it, but it's certainly gotten better over time uh, having served so many people now. Yeah, totally. And I think it's such an inspirational story because when we realize it's not just our challenge, other entrepreneurs have that challenge too, well, life becomes a little bit easier. And then also if others have already solved that challenge, you know, you can solve it for yourself as well. And, yes, which is an know, incredible gift of empowerment, right? Or self-empowerment, self um, you know, Socratic style of learning, just, which is asking the right questions, right? Questions are the key. Questions are, the, you know, can, the right question can help you solve any problem that you would have, right? And I, I'll have to say, Christine, first of all, I don't think I've ever shared this with anybody ever, outside of this, uh, this podcast. So I'm, I'm making a note here because like, I'm like, wow, this is, I think really valuable for people to hear and understand uh, at this, at this level. So thank you. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. I love these stories because I want to show people that no matter where you are on your journey, you can learn how to sell and you can learn how to sell from your heart. You can be authentic. You can be true to your values and you can just invite people to get your amazing products. 
right? Absolutely. Even if you're starting out and you might feel a little bit like an opposer, as we discussed in our first episode, it's something you can get over by delivering results, helping people to get what they want, then they help you to get what you want. And I, I just think it's, it's beautiful. So how, so when, pe when people start out, and maybe you remember that, or you might remember a couple situations in your life, how do you deal this rejection? Well, I think for me, one of the benefits I had as a kid was playing sports. And I think sports really taught me how to deal with rejection. Like, um, you know, my favorite sport as a kid was baseball. And I did play football and basketball and, and, and did that stuff as well. But, but baseball, in baseball, typically, if you're really great, you fail seven out of 10 times, approximately. So that, you know, if you look at that from a sales perspective, getting a no seven out of 10 times, and you get used to that. But when we first start off, if we don't have this background, and we see this, I've seen this a lot with people, you know, they expect to be, you know, especially a perfectionist attitude, right? So for me, I think the gift I had in my upbringing as well was sports and understanding that you fail more than you succeed, right? But, but that also goes against some belief systems because the education system says you have to succeed nine out of 10 times to be considered successful in school, to be an A student. Right. But in reality, in business, number one, it's not the percentage that matters all the time. It's just being willing to get a lot of it bats. Like so if your enrollment percentage, let's say, or your sales percentage is one out of 10, let's say you're really bad in the beginning, like I was. If you're real, like maybe you're the worst person in history, maybe like I was in the beginning, one out of 10. Right. That's 10 percent. That's really bad at selling, like really bad. I was that bad. Like I, I, I was pathetic in the beginning, but because of sports, what it taught me, well, guess what? You get better every day if you just practice. So a, be willing to get on the field and practice and B, what I figured out from a math perspective. Well, okay. Well, if, if the normal person takes 20 at bats in a week, right. And their enrollment rate or sales percentage is 30%. So that means if they present 20 times in a week, they're going to get six sales. Okay, well, what can I do to be as good as them in the numbers at the end result? Well, I just need 60 at-bats in a week. If my percentage is 10%, I get six sales and I could be as good as them. For whatever reason, I was able to play games in my head, Christine, and I encourage people that I work with to kind of think of it, this, especially if they're new and brand new and don't have a lot of background in selling or business or marketing, is don't focus on the percentage because that'll get you into the belief system. Oh, I'm not good enough. I'm a poser. You know, I'm no good, right? These sorts of false beliefs. No, just be willing to take more at-bats than anybody else and play the long game. Right. And I, and I firmly believe in my heart of hearts. I mean, I think part of what, you know, Malcolm Gladwell teaches the 10,000 hour rule. Like I had somebody years ago, he asked me as a mentor and a coach and he said, who do you think is the greatest baseball player to ever live right now? If you're not a baseball fan, don't worry about it. You don't, you, you'll get the point of this example in just a second. Right. But let's say, and there's all kinds of great baseball players. There's people like Willie Mays and Babe Ruth and Hank Aaron and Ty Cobb and a lot of 
old old time players. And if you don't know any of them, no, no big deal. He said, no, it's none of them. He said the greatest baseball player to ever live never even played beyond childhood. Why? Because for whatever reason, some influence, whether it was their own false beliefs, their own mindset, their family, their friends, their influences, their social surroundings, said they weren't good enough, right? Malcolm Gladwell speaks of the 10,000 hours. See, if you just look at it and go, you know what? I just got to get in the game and I got to go through 10,000 hours. You just commit to the 10,000 hours in most things, not all. Like, I'm never going to be a, a super basketball player. I'm limited in size and agility and speed and athleticism. Plus, now I'm in my 50s. Like, it's just not going to happen, right? But at the end of the day, in something like business or selling, a, a mindset game, if you're just willing to play your 10,000 hours or less, even in the thousands of hours, if you just play that game, likely in a few years, you'll be immensely successful and be really, really good at it. And probably most people will look at you and go, wow, it's amazing how far you've come, right? You'll have friends that'll go, man, that's amazing what you do, right? And we've seen it, we've seen it time, I'm sure you've seen this too, Christine, time and time again, but I think it starts with be willing to fail and failure also is relative. What is failure really? See, if you believe that failure, right, is having and being attached to an outcome. In other words, you go out and make 10 presentations or whatever the number is, and you go, oh, well, that's failure. Well, what if you change that conversation? You change that conversation in your heart, your mind, and your soul, and you said, no, failure is simply quitting. See, that'd be a whole different thing. It has nothing to do with the outcome. Then you become detached to the outcome. It comes about serving, as you mentioned, inviting people whether they say yes or no. You know, that's, you know, in the book, one of the greatest books I was ever introduced to as a kid was called Think and Grow Rich. And in the book, it talked about the most successful people. Thomas Edison failed 4,000 times, and apparently, roughly, it could be more, it could be a little less, but thousands of times finding the wrong way to invent the light bulb. You know, Colonel Sanders, who, you know, created, now it's KFC, it was Kentucky Fried Chicken, but KFC apparently went to eight or 9,000 different people to get investment opportunity and they all said no and finally somebody said yes. What's the difference between them and you or me? They, their mindset or belief system was, that's not failing, I'm only gonna fail if I quit, if I stop, if I don't pursue it. So if you have something you believe in, just go out to serve, go out to play your long game ideally and it's not what the percentage is but it's if you take more at-bats than, than anybody else, you'll eventually win in the long game, in my opinion. Plus, you'll meet some amazing people along the way because they'll respect that you've played the long game. Yeah, yeah. And that's so true. And I want to encourage people that when you say it's not working, really have a look at what's not working, right? If you only did 10 calls or 50 calls and you say it's not working, that's a wrong point to determine that's not working right? Because they are far away from your 10,000 hours, which... That's right. That's right. But that you are, you're playing the game of mastery, right? And that's... There's a, a fancy set of words I learned from Jay Abraham years ago. He said, I think, I think it was Jay. Uh, he said, you've got to have statistical significance. Now, that's a lot of words and language, a <laughs> uh, little outside of my normal scope of vocabulary at the sixth grade level or whatever. But 
statistical significance says that minimally you've got to have at least a hundred responses to something. So if you're going to make any kind, have any kind of attachment to anything, it's not three like you brought up or even 10 or even 20 or even 50 to know whether something is working or it's not working. I'd encourage you to look at having a hundred responses before you made any kind of judgment on whether it's working or not. Like when we do split testing, which we've done, in, uh, and I know you do as well with, with uh, you know, online advertising or advertising campaigns, and we've done this in TV and radio. We have to have a hundred clients, for example, to decide. And so there's a lot of thing that leads up to it. Like you might have opt-ins, you might have uh, people who go through a sequence of emails to get to a hundred clients who say, yeah, you might have, 5,000 opt-ins to get to 100 clients. Now, you can decide which where you put the 100, but I would encourage you for statistical significance, I don't make any judgment of whether something works or it doesn't until you've got a minimum of 100 uh, attempts uh, yeah. at what, what it is that you're doing. And that will save you a lot of uh, heartache to a degree. And you'll also, you can eliminate, like the other thing people have asked me, Christine, tied to this, this idea, which is mindset. Um, I think I've just, I see a lot of the most successful people in the world are just willing to make more mistakes than others. Yeah, that's so true. And you brought us some amazing checklists and support so that the business becomes easier. Where can people find those? Uh, real simple, go to activate.breakthrough3x. That's activate.breakthrough3x. Uh, we've got a series of tools for you. You, you have a, how to sell more by selling less uh, checklist. I just love that. Yep. The, the hiring checklist, how to hire an A player the right time every time, right? And avoid the mistakes uh, you know, that we've learned through 20,000 plus interviews. We've got our CEO founders checklist, which is really geared to help you if you're like, more of a quick start, creative type, like playing and building things, but maybe not running a business per se, or don't see yourself like I'm great at running. Well, you might enjoy this. We've actually reviewed over 4,000 companies to find out what works and doesn't put it into a nice checklist. And then we've also put together a checklist for marketing. Like what, what are some of the ways to think about, like don't, don't even think about hiring an agency or another agency in marketing or bringing a marketing person in until you go through this blueprint which will help you get clarity, certainty, confidence around your message, your market, and how to deliver it to the, to the world. Yep. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you so, so much, Dan. I really, really appreciate you sharing your wisdom with us. And I found it so inspirational, especially that you shared your story so openly that people can say it's, it's a learnable skill, right? You yes. can learn to be successful once you keep you keep at it, you keep trying, you, you don't give up because giving up is ultimate failure, but you know, making mistakes is just part of the process. So thank you so, so much. And I want to encourage you, my dear listener, to really check out Dan. All the links are in the show notes. So it's just one click away and make sure you get your checklist because they are amazing and they will help you to, you know, make your life easier and to have more of what you really want and not just hustling 24 seven, but also have some time for self-care and not doing anything, maybe just having a look into the sky. So thank you so <laughs> much for being here. And um, I just loved it. And um, yeah, I really appreciate you and the work you do in this world. Thank you very much. 
Thanks, Christine. I really enjoyed this episode because Dan was so open with his own journey, with all the struggles he had, with feeling uncomfortable when selling to where he is now and all the success he has created. So I hope that this was really, really inspirational for you because it was inspirational for me. I just love that conversation. And that is also the goal of Hard Sales Podcast or the aim is really to get you to the point where you see that you can learn sales at any point in your life. You can learn how to enjoy it, how to make it with ease, grace and confidence while being true to your own values. And Dan is just a success story that has shown of how he could shift his mindset to then being out of his own way and serve so many more people. Hop on over to christineschlonsky.com forward slash podcast and tune into the show notes, check out the transcript and the resources we have available for you. Everything is right at your fingertips. Dance episodes are episodes number 210 and 211. And in the resources tab, you will also find his mini business growth toolkit with the amazing checklists with support to help you to grow your business with his systems. Also, all the links to Dan uh, just one click away once you're over there. Check out how to connect to Dan Cushell. And thank you so, so much for being here, for joining Hard Sales Podcast. If you have not yet, please take the time to leave a rating and a review. That really helps us to grow the podcast, to inspire more people globally. So far, we are reaching people in 32 countries from yeah, all over the world, <laughs> basically. And um, yeah, we want to spread that message that sales is love. Everyone can learn how to sell. And once you redefine sales, you can build a life beyond your wildest dreams. Have a wonderful day wherever you are in this beautiful world. And I'm saying bye for now.